Welcome to the Huck Adventures podcast. In each episode, we are talking to brands, nonprofits, and athletes that are impacting the outdoors in positive ways. Our podcast is sponsored by a few of our brand partners. When you use the links in the show notes and purchase a product, a percentage of that purchase comes back to us and helps us continue producing awesome content. This episode is sponsored by Peak Refuel. Peak Refuel has been reimagining and reinventing the freeze-dried experience since they hit shelves in June 2018. What stood out to us most was the flavor of their meals. Typically when we're camping in the backcountry, we've sacrificed taste for nutrient-dense meals. It's a bold statement, but Peak Refuel is the best-tasting freeze-dried meal we've had. I mean, when was the last time you had a freeze-dried meal that tasted like a home-cooked meal? This has a lot to do with their ingredients and freeze-dried process. They have real, non-GMO ingredients that taste delicious and are nutritious. Their meals are loaded with protein, 150 to 200% more than other brands, that's sourced from 100% real meat, no fillers. The biggest standout is when you look at their ingredient list. You can see just how clean their ingredients are by how short their list of ingredients is. Our favorites are the beef pasta marinara, the breakfast skillet, and strawberry granola with milk. Visit peakrefuel.com and enter the code HUCK at checkout and you'll save 15%. Again, that's peakrefuel.com, enter the code HUCK and save 15%. Our show today is also brought to you by Sea to Summit. Sea to Summit creates gear for epic adventures in every altitude. They design and build equipment that brings you closer to the outdoors, creating gear that is nimble and light, but serious enough to deliver on any adventure. Some of our favorite gear includes their ultralight sleeping system. It's perfect for your next backcountry adventure. Sea to Summit is an affiliate of Huck Adventures. And if you click on the link in our show notes, it'll take you to a special link on the Sea to Summit website where Huck Adventures will receive a commission at no additional cost to you. And now, on with the show. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of Huck Adventures. I'm Jason Nelson. Um, today we are talking to big city mountaineers. Here we've got uh, Doug, our corporate relations director, and Megan, Summit for Someone program manager. And we also have a four-legged friend running around here somewhere. What's his name? Loki's under the table. Loki, the trickster. I like it. <laughs> Well, cool. If we can kind of start by kind of just giving an overview of Big City Mountaineers, who you are, what you do, all that fun stuff. So Big City Mountaineers is a national nonprofit that focuses on providing transformative wilderness mentoring experiences free of charge for under-resourced youth. So really looking at serving communities and populations that are traditionally underrepresented in outdoor spaces um, and making sure that they have opportunities to experience outdoor experiential education. That's awesome. And what cities are y'all located in? Yeah, we operate obviously here out of Denver, but we're also in six other cities. Um, we were founded in Miami, so we still have a, a kind of a small legacy program there where the kids from our partner agencies come here, either here to Colorado or to California. And then we're also in Boston, Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, San Francisco. That's awesome. I think I got them all. Um, at Outdoor Retailer in January, there was a panel that I went to that was talking a lot about what sounds like what your guys' real mission is, just getting uh kids outdoors, especially underprivileged kids outdoors. And one of the things they brought up during the talk was, you know, we're Denver. Denver is like the heart of the outdoor industry, but it's still an issue even within a city like Denver. How have you guys seen this, um, this organization grow within Denver? 
Well, I think all of both of us are probably relatively new in terms of how long we've been related to how long we've been here in Denver. Um, but I think maybe we could speak more accurately, kind of nationally, how we've grown. We have a strong presence in the outdoor industry. We were kind of born and raised in the outdoor industry. And we have over 30 years, we're now 30 years old this year, also tried to grow kind of our presence in the youth development space in each of the cities. And so I think obviously we started in Denver and we do that through partnerships with like the Boys and Girls Club mm -hmm. or after school programs or college uh, preparatory programs. And I would say that our role here in Denver, we've become more of an essential partner for providing outdoor experiences, particularly among communities that don't have access to the right. opportunity in the outdoors. And that's just kind of spread to all the other regions. We've kind of worked in the same model where we we work with community-based youth development partners in mm -hmm. all of these regions and um, built those relationships over a lot of time. And, um, and they look to us to become that provider of an outdoor experience that's congruent with what they're already, how they're developing the youth that are in their programs mm -hmm. and also is relevant to them, the kids when they're going back home or, uh, you know, at, when they're going to that youth development agency on a regular basis. So relevant outside of just the wilderness experience itself. And I think that that's been kind of our progression is, is we have become from being well-known in the outdoor industry, we've become more well-known in each of these cities where we're working. Okay, um, but yeah, it's also our, the, the work ahead of us too. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and I would add to that and say in Denver specifically, we've been able to develop a greater level of capacity um, in programs that we provide for the community here. In this particular location, we provide overnight camps for our younger students, eight to 12, as kind of a, a starter program and experience in the outdoors. And then kids can then progress into sort of our bread and butter program, which is the week-long expeditions. So we're also, we're working on expanding that model as well, both within Colorado to offer more programs that, that go even beyond the overnight camp and the, the week-long expedition. Awesome. So you mentioned some of the programs that start with kids around age eight, right? Does it then go through high school? Does it expand through high school into college? Can you expand a little bit on that? Yeah, so so Big City Mountaineers, our, our, our core program is a week-long backcountry expedition. That's for 13 to 17-year-olds, and that's kind of where we got our start uh, with Jim Kern, like Doug was saying. Uh, in Denver, we also offer an overnight camp, which is for younger kids, 8 to 12, as kind of a first-time experience in the wilderness. It's literally just a single overnight. Um, and that's one thing that we've got the capacity to, to offer here in Denver. And as we've built capacity in some of our other regions, we're able to start offering overnight camp in addition to the week-long trip in some of our other regions. So this summer, 2019, overnight camp will be offered in Boston and in uh, California as well. And kind of a modified one in, in Minneapolis mm -hmm. as well. Great. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And with these programs, does it go for children all the way through high school or into college? Well, not necessarily into college. A lot of the kids that we work with are probably, if they're going to college, they're going to be the first uh, in their family to go to college. Right. We work with specifically with College Track as a college preparatory organization here in Denver, but of that age, sort of post high school age. Um, and we, we are expanding more and more into that age group. We have alumni programs. So for kids who have been in our week long expeditions and who have maybe aged out, maybe they're 18 or, or older 17, um, they'll get together with some other kids. It could be also a co-ed or, or um, you know, it, not a single gender 
program. Right. And they'll go out for a week-long trip and kind of it revisit some of the same life skills, some of the same things that they did on their week-long trip, but kind of advance those to a new level and kind of practice those uh, again. And also some of the outdoor skills, because those are generally kids who kind of grooved on it the first time or the second time and would like to come back. And then we're also developing something you can talk a little more about, like the, the leadership laboratory. And that's a that's an exploratory program where we're really trying to get kids kind of at the next level and give them some more skills to you know, go on and, and either form a job, a career in the outdoor industry, right. uh, not necessarily as instructors, but that could be an option. Um, and yeah. what else? We have some other components of that. Yeah. So leadership laboratory, the intention for that is to be a bit of a deeper dive uh, rather than a single night or a week, uh, which our other programs offer. The leadership laboratory is is likely to be more of a semester based program okay. um, where we're connecting students who have had a really positive experience on their BCM trip, had their interest in being outdoors and uh, the outdoor industry in general sparked. Uh, and then are looking to maybe expand in that direction professionally moving forward, whether that's in education or going right into the workforce. Awesome. So Leadership Laboratory will uh, pull from the many different connections uh, and networks that BCM has cultivated in the outdoor industry to provide mentorship, more sort of perspective shifting experiences for, for these kids that would like to steer themselves uh, in the direction of the outdoor industry in the future. Great. Great. Can you all speak a little bit about the story of how Big City Mountaineers got its start? Yeah, sure. Um, Jim Kern is our founder. He's also the founder of the American Hiking Society, um, another outdoor nonprofit that's still going strong after right. many, many years. And uh, so Jim was uh, in Miami uh, and he and his son were, were planning to go on a trip to backpacking trip to Montana. They had an extra plane ticket. I think that was supposed to be for one of uh, his son Drew's friends. The friend wasn't able to go, and so they literally went down to some youth development agency in Miami, and uh, it sounds like they basically were like, who'd like to go on a free trip to Montana? <laughs> and somebody was willing to hand over their kid nice. to uh, to go on this trip, and it turned out to be a really fantastic trip, I think, for Drew and this this boy from uh, from the agency in town, and also for, uh, for Jim. And it was so profound that that was really, they just said, we have to continue this. We have to grow right. this. And so the following year, I think it was six people went into the field uh, and they grew it again in the third year. And somewhere around there, they they um, they met uh, Skip Yow, the founder of Jansport Backpacks. And he was so moved by kind of what Jim was doing that he wrote a check for about $100,000 wow. to help Jim. Uh, and he also supplied him with a whole bunch of backpacks right. <laughs> to kind of make it, uh, you know, a real deal. And so that's yeah. what kind of changed it from this kind of mom and pop uh, pet project to a real organization. I think that was shortly thereafter we moved to Denver, had our first headquarters and um, yeah, it became a real organization. Yeah, Still awesome. heavily volunteer driven at the start. And we still rely a lot on volunteers, but um, we have a you know full-time staff now of between eight and 10 people, depending on the time of year. Awesome. Yeah. And that founding was back in 1989. So we're actually celebrating our 30th field season this year, 2019. So that's a big deal for us as an Great. organization. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. Um, one of the things you had mentioned was just the idea of how profound that experience was um, for that first kid that went out to to Montana. And it reminds you a lot of just growing up. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know, but Ben, uh, the founder of Huck Adventures is my brother. And so we grew up on the same three acres and surrounded by woods. And we were always just running through the woods, exploring and trespassing in other people's woods, um, venturing out further and further. And it, but it was such a 
profound experience to kind of just shape us as kids growing up and, you know, eventually led to the inspiration behind the Huck Adventures app. But, you know, just the, the idea that the positive experience that people have within the outdoors, I think is a very just interesting thing because even with uh, my three kids, you know, I've seen how their own experiences and how they approach life change, even though they're, they're young, based on their experiences in the outdoors. Yeah, I mean, there's so much in there. I mean, all of us have been shaped by our experiences in the outdoors. And I think, you know, Big City Mountaineers believes that everyone deserves access and opportunity to learn in the outdoors. Um, Not only because we do have consistently life-changing experiences out there, but also because of the people we get to share that time with. Um, And that's consciously part of our model is is removing not only the physical barriers to being in the outdoors, but the social barriers. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of underrepresented groups that we work with, communities that we work with, um, without, you know, having people that they can relate to or um, friends from their community going on with on the trip with them. They may not necessarily feel like it's the place for them. And so we try to take that into account when we're putting together our groups and then, of course, the learning that they pull from there, you know, from those experiences in the outdoors is, is so individualized. But we all know that, you know, when you pull somebody out of a, um, you know, a so- primarily social setting, right? right, where you're getting a lot of input from your friends, from your social circles, and you put them in a more elemental setting with kind of some clear objectives, like we have to, you know, somehow learn how to cook right. and <laughs> sleep and eat and where we're going to go to the bathroom yeah. and, you know, overcome those challenges one by one. I mean, it's a really profound experience and it's a very different feedback loop, right? I'm cold right now. I need to put something on. Learning that is a profound experience. (laughs) It's it's my view um, that one of the most important learnings that we get in kind of particularly in outdoor education uh, group experience is we learn our impact on other people, Mm -hmm. both positive and otherwise, depending on, on we're able to see our contributions and how that matters to a group. Right. And I feel like that's, for, at least for me, one of the biggest impacts, um, you know, going back to my daily life, but also just those, you know, you find your own place and your own sense of person in the outdoors. You know, right. we all, all discover it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just add on to that and say one of the biggest things that I think kids, especially sort of in this day and age, um, and all of us really as people can experience in the outdoors and do experience is the sense of space and quiet that you find out there when you're not inundated. You don't have a phone. You don't have your right. laptop. You don't have an iPad. Uh, you're not playing video games. And the screen time and all of that chatter and noise mm-hmm. is gone. Right. And it's really overwhelming yeah. for people at first, often. And kids, I, I remember one girl saying she wasn't nervous about bears. She wasn't nervous about lions. She was freaked mm-hmm. out to be without Netflix for with, for <laughs> without like for a week. You know, that was that was her big thing that she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. This is kind of a lifeline. (laughs) And to have the experience that's both uncomfortable at first, but then increasingly exceptional to to find out, you know, what what thoughts you're actually having, how you're experiencing this space around you, noticing little things that might otherwise be either taken for granted or or not noticed at all. And the the openness that your brain and. Uh, you can start to inhabit. You can right. see kids kind of 
lean into that and and get comfortable with this new sense of themselves in this space where they are self-sufficient and creative and responsible. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I'm taking my two oldest uh, seven-year-old boy and four-year-old girl to Moab this weekend. And just in the preparation for the trip, it's been hilarious because I was kind of showing my kids, I have this BioLite fire pit and BioLite has like a battery pack on the back to kind of help charge devices and things like that. And I was pointing it out to my kids and I was just like, you know, I can plug in my phone so I can get juice and all that stuff. So I have a signal and they're just like, yeah, we can watch Netflix in the tent. (laughs) I was like, that is not the point. (laughs) (laughs) Plus you probably won't have service, but that's not the point. But I mean, it is funny just how um, easily, like, especially in this day and age, kids have gotten just so addicted and dependent on technology and I mean, I know, like, as a parent, like, I played a huge role in that because once second child rolled around, we were just like, here's the iPad to the oldest so that we could have some peace and quiet. But, you know, it's just kids get addicted really easily to that stuff. And getting them off of it, I mean, it is just like you're just weaning them off this technology. And, you know, I'm I'm curious to see what happens in Moab, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they can like fully, truly wean themselves off for a few days as we're stuck in the middle of the wilderness or if on Sunday they're going to be like, I'm done with this. Get me out of here. People talk about it as an addiction. I mean, and and like adults certainly are not immune to it either. Right. So I think there is that that period of time at the beginning where you feel it and it feels like withdrawal is happening for real. And then slowly you become more interested and in tune with what is actually happening and your surroundings and what's amazing about that. And the need for screen time slowly drops away. Yeah, no, I mean, the the latest iOS update has like this little screen time thing that Mm -hmm. calculates how much time you're using your screen. And every week I see it, I just get depressed (laughs) about how I'm using it. But I mean, there's a lot to be said there. And I know this is like we're kind of going off the beaten track here, but I think this is just an interesting thing to continue following. But, you know, I know for myself, like with work, with just daily life, I am like glued to my screen. And there was a time a couple months ago where I was out on a run. Typically, I listen to podcasts because I'm just like, I'm going to be out for, you know, three hours, middle of nowhere, I'll listen to podcasts. But for whatever reason, something was messing with my phone and like I could not get my headphones to work. Like I would play a couple minutes and then it would go out and I would push play again and then it would go out. Batteries were perfectly fine. But I was just like, you know, there's got to be something like higher <laughs> that's saying just just shut it off. Just shut it off <laughs> and just enjoy where you're at right now. Because it was in it was in Boulder going up uh, Green Mountain Loop. So it's beautiful out mm-hmm. but i was still distracting myself well i feel like that's there's kind of two components of that as it relates to like a bcm trip one is yes kids i mean all of us are drawn to our phones in moments of downtime right we're waiting for a bus we're waiting for right. something we're looking at our phone and when the kids are out there they don't have that and so it naturally leads to interaction with other people you know which is also you know can be kind of um it can be challenging, right? Right. Um, but it's a, it's a really positive experience because everyone's going through it. And the other thing that we're doing is we're allowing kids and we're bringing them to places to instill awe, 
right. because we get a lot of entertainment. We get a lot of fascination. We get a lot of exciting things through our technology, through our phones, through whatever. But we don't often, I, I can't remember the last time I saw something that was absolutely awe-inspiring right. through my phone. And so we're still connecting them to that, yeah. which I think is irreplaceable. It's not something we get in our daily lives. And yeah. it's important that we remember that. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, we speak a lot about transformation and, and offering new perspectives through the BCM program. And I think that that really, that really gets at the heart of it is not that we're, we're not looking to, to make lifelong outdoor enthusiasts or, you know, forcing anyone to, to go into the outdoor industry, right. but rather providing opportunities for, um, for kids to, to see and perceive a bigger world and, right. and the fact that they are and can be a part of it. Um, and, and just that there's, there's more out there, um, uh, to explore, to investigate, um, and that's and instilling a sense of adventure and curiosity that, that again, may go directly back into the outdoors, or it may just yeah. broaden their perspectives for possibilities in yeah. their lives. I think a lot of it goes back to the idea of the profound experience that people have, because, I know growing up, granted, I grew up in like the time of no technology, mm-hmm. but the, the vacations I remember most are the ones that were spent outdoors, mostly the ones we took up in Colorado, because I remember like the first time climbing a 14er and being up so high, you know, from a distance when you're looking at the mountain, it doesn't seem like that big. But it's like once you're on top of that, it is awe-inspiring. And I've always found like any time like I'm in those moments, especially high on top of a mountain, it also kind of helps you gain like this sense of perspective as well about the world around you. I know for myself, there's there's definitely the sense of this disillusionment of self, like the ego drops away because you're just like, I am so small <laughs> and tiny in this world when you're standing on top of, you know, Mount Beerstadt or something. Well, I think your kids, first of all, are going to have a great time in the desert. Yeah. Because all kids <laughs> I've seen, my five-year-old, they're just going to wander and there's yeah. amazing things under every rock. Yeah, that's um, the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that also that, you know, we don't often put ourselves in voluntarily make ourselves uncomfortable. Right? right. Why would anyone do that? And so just having that experience, um, you know, for me, it was it was being in an absolutely rain soaked tent with my parents and we're laughing yeah. our ass off, <laughs> um, you know, and then coming out of it and saying, well, it, you know, I can't say it was comfortable, but boy, it was really fun and right. memorable. Yeah. Incredibly memorable. Or just like the struggle of getting to the top of the first peak that these kids have ever climbed, right. right? Or that you were there. It's like, it's not fun. It's, you know, type two fun, right? Right. But they get up there and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is a reward that I could have never imagined. Right. Like, it, and I can't even, can't even describe it. <laughs> it was so hard. I didn't want to be here. And now look at what I've done, been able yeah. to do. And no one else did it for them. Right. They, they 100% had to do it themselves. Right. Yeah. 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 So it is so much about learning about what you're capable of, at least right. in my view. You know, that's been a big part of my experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Broadening, yeah, broadening your idea of what you can do and what you can tackle. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. No. We don't get that uh, anywhere else that I'm, you know, in our modern lives, I don't think. Well, yeah. maybe raising kids, we do get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Soon, soon be, huh? <laughs> definitely. Definitely agree with that one. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. Um, so... One of the uh, one of the big events that you all have throughout the year is Summit for Someone, and I do want to spend some time talking about that, kind of diving into what that's all about, and also talk too about how people can get involved. Yeah, 
Yeah. So Summit for Someone is actually a series of events. Uh, it's our it's our fundraising events. We call it adventure fundraising. Uh, and that's one of the major ways that we're able to fund our youth programs, which are all offered completely free of charge to the kids that we work with. So Summit for Someone, there's a couple of, couple of main tracks. There's scheduled trips uh, where we as a staff put together uh, basically uh, an itinerary or a roster of trips that have a set itinerary. They have a set fundraising commitment. Right. Um, and then anyone that is interested can, can come out. They don't pay, they're guided by professional guides. Mm -hmm. So rather than paying uh, for the guide service, like they would do if they did it on their own, right. uh, they basically commit to the, the fundraising amount that BCM has set um, and agree to, to hit that. And then they've got a community of climbers that come yes. together on the climb and, and they all participate together. So there's a, obviously a physical training component to, to those trips in order to be prepared for mm -hmm. something like a Mount Rainier or a Grand Teton, you know, making sure that there is that preparation happening. And then the other side of it is obviously the fundraising. So those are the two big components to a scheduled Summit for Someone adventure with us. Um, aside from the scheduled trips, there's also a whole custom challenge program where people can take that same model of picking a, a physical outdoor objective that they're excited about. Right. Anything, really. We've had people do through hikes on the Pacific Crest Trail. We've had people do rock climbing challenges. We've had people do biking challenges. Um, it's really sky's the limit. What's the craziest one that you've seen people do? Suffer for someone? Suffer for someone, I think, was the craziest. That was a couple that went to Yosemite and did a big wall climb uh, nice. that was their their fundraiser for Big City Mountaineers. But they kind of pitched it out. So they were basically taking bids on how they would do each pitch. Oh, so man. for the high bidder, uh, for a particular pitch, you know, the person who donated the most, they got to determine if they wore a stupid costume or whether they had to free <laughs> climb an incredibly hard pitch oh, or whether they had to aid climb a particularly easy pitch takes forever presumably yeah. so they ended up doing it you know in let's say great style right yeah but not necessarily efficiency <laughs> they took a really lighthearted approach which was yeah. great just That's not awesome. taking themselves too seriously yeah. yeah um yeah so in that case again yeah pick a pick a physical objective you're excited about pick a fundraising goal that you want to aim for and then we help support them uh, with resources again with big city mountaineers helping them fundraise um making sure that they have a platform to do the fundraising through all that kind of stuff. So those are those are the two big branches. Awesome. Um, as part of our scheduled trips, we also participate in the Ragnar Trail Race Series mm -hmm. and put together. Nice. This year, it'll be four teams and four different races around the country that we'll assemble a team for. That's same idea. Um, basically, rather than paying the race fee, uh, participants on each of those teams have a set fundraising goal. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, we also get corporate partners that are excited to be involved in Summit for Someone a lot of the time and either send representatives from their companies to our set trips or plan their own trip altogether. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Polar yeah. Tech and Thule have done adventures out east and, nice. and used that as a platform mm -hmm. to raise money for us and a lot of other companies too. I mean, really the, the Summit for Someone program is, is just one of the ways that we continue to be kind of supported by the outdoor community. Right. We've got all of the brand partners who are contributing uh, product that we put together into kind of incentive packages, mm -hmm. kind of thank yous for all these climbers. Yeah. And then also all the people that are joining these are obviously outdoor enthusiasts and they're just taking their passion and channeling right. it into, yeah. you know, it's awesome. way basically, you know, empowering us to get more kids outdoors. And so, yeah, we're a hundred percent fueled by outdoor passion. 
know, cool. that's really it. Yeah. Hopefully you guys have talked to Ben about how we can get involved. Oh yeah. We've got some, we've got some grand ideas for you guys. <laughs> cool. Cause one of the, uh, one of the Ragmar races is in uh, Colorado, isn't it? No. It is. Yeah. The first yeah. one of the season actually is in, nice. is in Snowmass. Yeah. Cool. That could be fun. Um, yeah, but yeah, so someone for someone, like I said, is um, it's about a quarter of our operating budget, so it's a big deal. Uh, raise over a quarter million dollars a year oh, to that program, and would love to keep growing it for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. So if people are interested in getting involved, some for someone either doing one of the sponsored events that you all have, mm-hmm. or kind of that free for all, how can they how can they reach out and get involved? Yeah, I mean, easiest way is just to, to head to our website, bigcitymountaineers.org. There's a fundraise tab, and that outlines the whole program under that. Uh, under that and people okay. can obviously Perfect. find other contact info through that but I think that's the easiest way yeah, and if they if they you know if there's if they want to put together something with their company uh, or their friends and do something more organized you know pick up the phone and give us a call cool um, yeah we're a small shop yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get the message awesome so with some of the like the story that you gave about the summit for someone and the suffer for someone <laughs> event, what other what other crazy fun stories have happened on on these events? Not necessarily some for someone, but just the different trips that you all have taken with the kids. Well, the some some summit for someone. We did have some people go to the top of a fourteen or last year and throw a big party. <laughs> and they made sure to clean up every piece of trash nice. and everything up. There. That's always good. Yeah, that was a that was a fun fundraiser. But in the field, you know, I mean, I, I can't think of like crazy things. We try to avoid crazy, but yeah, it's more. I'd, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without, I'd say some of the more, you know, profound experiences are one of the things, I'm not a big fisherman. I don't know if you and Ben grew up doing a lot of fishing in Missouri or not. A little bit here and yeah. there. Yeah. But, you know, that's actually a big deal on our trips. Like that's one of the times where these kids will actually have like a legitimate personal interaction with you know the outdoors and it's meaningful and it's exciting and it's like bam like i just did this like i just caught a fish and it's this huge moment (laughs) and so that's actually just a really big deal when that happens and we do fishing in almost all our trips awesome um it's really good but there's that there's obviously peak ascents are really big deal um wildlife sightings yeah Yeah. of course Yeah. yeah Seeing them armed on our trip, the girls were like, "What is that?" <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And and I also, you know, we have a we usually take photos of the kids, and they sometimes come up with these great quotes, and we yeah. post a lot of those on our social media. Cool. And awesome. you know, more often than not, you're going to find one in a bunch that's talking about going to the bathroom in the woods. Right? That's right. a really empowering right. experience. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, I think just all those basic things just become so rich in the right. outdoors. And, and another part of it is, too, I think the mentorship component is really important. You know, yeah. um, I mean, just these kids going out there with usually a leader from their agency and our instructor and then a bunch of adults who just want to be there and help the kids support through this through this program. I mean, they develop these really Im- important uh, relationships that are, you know, usually they're not within the same age group, um, but they're really authentic. They're based on the experiences that they're having of each other out there. And that's, that's a really profound experience, especially for some of the kids who don't have real positive role models in their lives um, and being able to approach an adult and, and learn how to engage adults as mentors in their lives. That's a big deal. I mean, that's increasing their resources. Yeah, know. absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a really important thing for maybe listeners of this podcast or other people, you know, coming to the Huck Adventures web or pod, uh, app. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> to remember is... 
uh, you know, when, we're, when you're used to being in the outdoors on a regular basis and experiencing some of these things, you can kind of forget almost that how amazing it is to literally just spend a night out under the night sky. And that is one thing that we really celebrate with Big City Mountaineers. We talk about, you know, we've provided over 42,000 nights under the stars for kids. And just that experience of, liter- of being able to see the stars because you're away yeah. from the city and the light pollution. And yeah, I would agree with Doug that it's not, it's not the crazy things that happen on trips that are maybe the most profound. It's the, it's the beautiful common things that don't happen when you're in an urban environment, but do happen on a regular basis when you're out in a a beautiful wilderness area um, that can really just, again, change your perspective and give you a different sense of the world. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I can think of, I mean, the kids are always doing extraordinary things, right. But I can think of one trip and, um, you know, in the Sierras, and it was early summer, so uh, lakes are just being unfrozen, very, very cold. Right. And we would do some dipping in the lakes, and that was a big deal, just getting in and out. And here's young, one young woman who, she was just, I think she was from Guatemala. She was lounging in the cold water. Like, we were all out just like, hey, that was great, that was awesome, we were super brave, and shaking in our boots and trying to dry off, and she is lounging like a sea otter. I yeah. was just like amazing. I mean, I don't know if it was just that it was so peaceful and calm, but I was just like, I would have, ne- I don't know anyone who could spend that much time in like 32 and a half feet of water. You know, it's awesome. Yeah. So they're always, you know, discovering and showing amazing things. Yeah. 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 That's great. One, just one more quick story, I guess, from the trip that I was on, um, a moment that may not seem super amazing, uh, but being on the trip, uh, so we were the group of five girls and the the way that the trip started is a five day trip, six day trip. Um, everyone wanted to kind of sleep in until the sun was was well up and take their time right. getting packed up and getting breakfast going and getting out of camp. And so we weren't hitting the trail until, I don't know, you know, 10, 11 a.m. those first couple of days. Yeah. And slowly they they as we started to hand off more responsibility for for managing the the sort of the direction of the trip and right. the handling of each, you know, the day-to-day tasks that needed to happen, they realized that the morning is this sort of this precious golden time uh, to get going and to and to get up. And that if you go to bed early when the sun goes down, there's no reason to sleep in in the way that right. you might want to in your bed at home. Yeah. Um, and so on our, on our sort of chosen summit day, we left it to the girls to decide what time they they wanted to get going in the morning. Yeah. We gave them some basic information about likely how long it was going to take, uh, the route that we needed to cover, all that kind of stuff, yeah. and then let them choose. And they ultimately decided that they wanted to hit the trail at six in the morning because nice. they would rather hike when it was cool yep. and beautiful <laughs> and then be back in camp and able to nap in the afternoon rather yeah. than sleeping in the morning. And yeah. that was this really cool yeah switch that happened in their minds where they they saw time in a different way than they often did and that they had sort of the power of control over how their day looked which was really cool that's awesome 6 a.m is a good start yeah (laughs) (laughs) got to get up there early too with some of those peaks yeah Yeah. as well well cool um so for for people that are interested in getting involved with one of these expedition expeditions either from a volunteer standpoint or if they have a child that they think would be a great person to put on on this trip how how do they get involved well as far as the kids so all of our kids uh we get into groups through our partner agencies so we don't do an open enrollment program um so if there are some parents out there who um 
you know, are interested in having their kids experience something like this, they could check into being a part of, well, see if their local community uh, center, whether that's, we, we have a list of those, we can talk to those parents about whether they can be involved with those development agencies, and then their kids could be eligible for coming on our programs. Um, otherwise, you know, there are other programs that are more open enrollment. Um, you know, we, we'd love everyone to get outdoors, but we're also increasingly working, you know, doing those shorter programs. Right. So I think it's really talking to us if they want to come on specifically on a BCM program cool. and see if they can be involved with one of our partner agencies. Um, but as volunteers, I mean, that's a that's a huge part of how we do our work. Yeah. So volunteer recruitment is actually happening now. So we typically recruit for our summer season, late winter, early spring. So February through through March, I would say, is kind of prime time to get involved as a volunteer. So that is happening currently. We uh, are different regional program managers. So we've got a regional program manager in each of the regions that we operate um, and they host uh, volunteer info sessions a number of times each right. uh, in, during that period of time. Okay. So those are happening now. REI often hosts those. Uh, we often have them at community rec centers, things like that. And the information about when those sessions will be can be found on our website. Uh, another great way to to reach out and to find out more about how to get involved is to just contact those regional program managers directly. Um, you can look at our staff page and everyone of our staff has contact info listed on there super clearly. Um, like Doug said, we're a small shop. And uh, if you contact anyone in the BCM office and let them know what you're interested in, then we can get you uh, connected with the right person for sure. Perfect. Yeah, you don't need any special skills as a volunteer. I mean, uh, our hope is that everyone can sort of is proficient enough with the outdoor skills that they're not spending their whole time in the outdoors with their own challenges. We want them to be available to support the kids. Yeah. But beyond that, you don't need to be any you know special skilled outdoors person. I mean, we have a professional instructor on each trip who's you know in charge of the safety, in charge of making sure that the life skills curriculum and the learning is coming out of each trip, and also kind of helping the adults to kind of. Uh, mentor the kids. So as long as you're kind of a willing participant who's interested in youth development and just interested in working with some kids, can kind of take care of yourself. Yeah, we'd love to have you out there. We do have an application process for it. Um, The physical and emotional safety of our kids is obviously of uh, most importance to us. And so we do have an application and screening process um, as well as training that is expected of (laughs) our volunteers, um, which is really great, you know, for folks that are excited to be involved. um, I think it's a really amazing experience to come out and to, to learn more about the students that we're working with specifically, how we uh, want to work with them as an organization and, and to really be involved in that and not just, you know, show up. It's <laughs> yeah important to kind of understand the mission. Yeah. And it's not a vacation. Not a vacation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Although a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Really rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap things up for today. Um, really appreciate your guys' time. It's a great conversation. Can I give one uh, plug for the app you guys are developing? Absolutely. We'll take any plug. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about just kind of how our phones are taking us away from the wilderness, but I think, you know, they're tools, right? right? And what you guys are developing is a great tool for people to have that social connection. I mean, for me in particular, uh, as a climber, who I got to share those outdoor experiences with was as important as the outdoor experience. And you guys are hopefully bringing people, you know, one step closer to being able to do that so they can leave their phones behind yeah. and uh, go out and have a real profound experience. That's so, the goal. Good That's luck. the dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Well, thanks again. We'll chat later. Thanks. 
Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to follow Huck Adventures on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit our website, huckadventures.com, for updates on our app launch. And stay tuned for our next adventure.